Hi, and welcome to the Books Office Podcast. I'm Julia. And I'm Alana. And we're your hosts. Content warning. Before we begin, we wanted to warn our listeners that we will be discussing topics that may be difficult for some to listen to. In this episode, there are mentions of sexual assault and rape. Today, we're talking about The Queen's Gambit, which I'm so excited for. The Queen's Gambit is based on Walter Tevis's book by the same name. Written in 1983, it's a coming-of-age period drama beginning in the mid-1950s and into the 1960s. The story follows the life of orphan chess prodigy Beth Harmon. From her rise to the top of the chess world, we learn of her many struggles with loss and drug and alcohol addiction. The Netflix series was released in October of last year and has recently won two Golden Globe Awards, Best Limited Series or Television Film and Best Actress Miniseries or Television Film to the woman that played Beth Harmon, Anya Taylor-Joy. I love her name. I could say that forever. (laughs) At the beginning of the book, there's an author's note, and I found that it kind of surprised me. I don't know. For some reason, I thought this was based on a real, like, a true story. Yeah, same, actually. But it wasn't, and I started to worry. I was like, is this still a male sport, or is it still male-dominated? But with some research, we learned about some women chess players in history, and today. And I'm really happy to say that I found three women that are killing the chess game or have in the (laughs) past. Um, So Vera Menchik, the real life Beth Harmon by chess.com. She's a UK best chess player or was in the early 20th century. The first women's world chess champion in 1927. And then there's Judith Polgar. She's from Hungary. She is a real-life prodigy, and in 1991, at 15 years old, she became the youngest ever grandmaster. She played 50 people simultaneously in 1989, which I can't even imagine playing two people at once, let alone 50. (laughs) I can't even imagine playing one person. (laughs) (laughs) That's fair. That's fair. (laughs) Strongest female chess player in the history of chess. Really cool. And then there's Hu Yifan. I am so sorry if I'm pronouncing that incorrectly. She's a Chinese chess prodigy and grandmaster. Born February 1994. So she's a year younger than me. And she's the strongest woman chess player since Judith retired. So I thought, long story short, women are still kicking butt. No, I loved hearing about that. I also thought um, it was based on a true story. And then when I looked it up, I found that it wasn't. But there were all these other women that were totally kicking butt in chess. Um, And I also really liked how much attention the show um, brought to the chess world in general, because we all know like chess sets and stuff like legit were selling out of places, which is wild to I think ordered about. it for Christmas. Well, I mean, I asked for it for Christmas. I put it on my Christmas <laughs> list. <laughs> You're and like, I got it. I just want. Yes, yes, I love that. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I I love that it brought uh just like a general popularity to chess. Yeah. I really want to learn how to play. I don't know how to play. I, I bought a, a book and everything. You can borrow it if you want. Okay. Okay. I'm so down. <laughs> oh my gosh. After after lockdown is lifted and we can hang out, we should play a chess game. Yes. I love that idea. You know, I was like completely shutting people down when they were like, oh, it's about chess. I'm not really interested. I'm like, okay, no. You are being narrow-minded right now and you need to watch this show because chess yeah. is cool. <laughs> Yeah, like, I actually, I was like, wow, chess is so intense. Like, I never thought, I just didn't think about it at all, right? Like, I I obviously knew of chess as, like, a 
game from my childhood and people would play it. And I always thought people who played chess were super smart because I knew it was a difficult game. Like even growing up, I knew it was a super difficult game to master. Um, So I didn't think much of chess until I watched the show. And then I was like, oh my God, this is a whole world. Mm -hmm. Which brings me to my first point, which is that I did not read the book first. I didn't even know it was a book. I watched the show twice. Mm -hmm. Um, That is how obsessed I was and still low-key am with the show. It was so good. I, I... literally could go on about it forever i convinced so many people to watch the show because it was just that incredible yeah um (laughs) i watched it like two or three times for sure and i remember i had started a new crochet project and i was like okay i need to throw something on in the background because then i don't want to just like sit here and crochet in silence i don't know i think that's weird but anyway, I put the show on and I literally watched the entire thing, like the entire day and crocheted. Yeah. Like it was a true binge watch where you just sat there so and watched good. it all. So, so good. Yeah. So yeah, then I after I watched it twice, I finally read the book. And honestly, I got to admit to you all, I was pretty surprised by the book, not because of any changes, because we're going to go into this. Not a whole lot does really change. But what really surprised me was the writing style of the book. The book was very like matter of fact, and it wasn't like dreamy or airy or romanticized. Like it literally was just like straight to the point. Um, and I didn't really, like, I was kind of, I was kind of taken aback by that because the show was so, like, dreamy and over the top and glamorous and the Mm -hmm. book was just, like, very, very straight to the point. It felt like something that I would have read in school. (laughs) Yes. Like, something you'd be assigned. What's What's a good, like, classic, like... The Outsiders or something like that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Just something like that that you would read in high school. Not something you actually pick up, but if you're forced to read it, you'd read it. But yeah. Yeah, exactly. So I I was so surprised by that because um, it was a very different like style from the show. So yeah, but we're going to go into all the details starting off with the plot. So, like I just kind of hinted at, it's basically the same. There were so many parts in the book that were literally identical to the Mm -hmm. way it was in the show. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember you telling me, and I I really think this hits the nail on the head, with it could have been the script. Yeah. yeah. It could have been, like, exactly what they were following when they were filming. And for the timeline, it was pretty much the exact same. I think that the only difference was the flash forward of her in Paris. Like, you see no early glimpse of that in the book. But the rest of it follows the same timeline. Her as a kid to an adult. Not like Firefly Lane. (laughs) No, not. That was literally my thought. I was like, this is nothing like the jumping back and forth of Firefly Lane. Um, It is, yeah, a very, like, childhood to adult story. Um... And they didn't really change the storyline at all. I was very impressed by that. There were small details that were changed. But, like, those big um, parts of the story were left completely unchanged from the book. So I thought that was really cool. Completely identical. Same with the characters. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, everything was the same. Like, everything I pictured or what I... I guess I didn't really picture it because I watched the show. But everything I had already seen matched exactly what yeah. happened in the book. So it was really nice. Yeah. Although it also felt like a waste of time, but whatever. <laughs> yeah, it literally felt like just like re-watching the show again, but with words and no images. <laughs> so that was really interesting. I mean, um, like the dialogue in the scenes were identical, like in from the book to the show. It literally was identical. And we wanted to show you a couple examples of just how identical it was. So we're going to do something a little different and we're going to read a passage from the book and you're going to hear the actual dialogue from the show that is the same thing that is written in the book. Yeah, so we're going to basically prove to you that this could have been the script. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 
exactly. Like, whoever yeah. wrote the script for The Queen's Gambit didn't have a difficult time. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty easy. <laughs> they just copy and pasted the book. <laughs> so, Elena is going to read the part where Benny convinces Beth to play some speed chess. <laughs> For the first time. Uh, for the first time. And it's that iconic scene with the apple juice. That's all I say, I'll say because it made me snicker when I watched it. So, And it yeah. made me snicker when I read it. Yeah, I love this part. <laughs> That's why I have to say it. Barnes will get you a coffee, won't you, Barnes? A big, soft-looking young man, a grandmaster, nodded assent. Sugar and cream? Yes. Benny was pulling a dollar bill out of his jeans pocket. He handed it to Barnes. Get me some apple juice, but not in one of those plastic cups. Get a milk glass. I'm gonna go back and study. Well, Weiss will get you some coffee. Won't you, Weiss? Uh, yeah. Sugar, cream? Yes. Thank you. Uh, give me an apple juice. But not one of those uh, crappy plastic cups. Give me a, a milk glass. Yeah, sure. So another scene that was a word for word and also really iconic in my opinion was when Beth gets her period for the first time and she goes home to tell Mrs. Wheatley. Oh, And yes. this is, yeah, and this is when Mrs. Wheatley um, had just gotten a call from Mr. Wheatley that he will not be returning from Denver. Is something wrong? Beth asked. I'm not Aristotle, Mrs. Wheatley said, but it could be construed as wrong. I have received a message from Mr. Wheatley. What did he say? Mr. Wheatley has been indefinitely detained in the Southwest, the American Southwest. Oh, Beth said, between Denver and Butte. Beth sat down on the sofa. Aristotle was a moral philosopher, Mrs. Wheatley said, while I am a housewife, or was a housewife. Can't they send me back if you don't have a husband? You put it concretely. Mrs. Wheatley sipped her beer. They won't if we lie about it. That's easy enough, Beth said. You're a good soul, Beth, Mrs. Wheatley said, finishing her beer. Why don't you heat the two chicken dinners in the freezer? Set the oven at 400. Beth had been holding two sanitary napkins in her right hand. I don't know how to put these on. Mrs. Wheatley straightened herself up from her slumped position in the chair. I am no longer a wife, she said, except by legal fiction. I believe I can learn to be a mother. I'll show you how if you promise me never to go near Denver. Something wrong. Wrong. <laughs> I'm not Aristotle, but yes, I think something could be construed as wrong. I've received a message from Mr. Wheatley. What did he say? It seems Mr. Wheatley has been indefinitely detained in the Southwest. Somewhere between Denver and Butte. Though Aristotle was a moral philosopher and I'm just a housewife. Or I was a housewife. Can they send me back if you no longer have a husband? You put it concretely. They won't if we lie about it. That's easy enough. You're a good soul, Beth. <laughs> Why don't you heat up the chicken dinners in the freezer, okay? Set the oven at 400. I don't know how to put these on. Though I'm no longer a wife, except by a legal fiction, I believe I can learn to be a mother. I'll show you how, if you promise to never go near Denver. 
It's crazy how I can picture that scene. Like, literally word for word. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) There were a few, like, minor differences, but still differences that we would like to point out to you guys. Right off the bat, I noticed the parents' backstory. And I think it's, like, first couple of pages in the book where the mother's dead. They don't talk about the car crash or anything. Or, like, they don't get into into description or anything. No. And... In the show, I'm pretty sure there's a good chunk where I think Beth is in the car watching her dad and mom fight. Yeah, there's like a whole backstory. Yeah, there's so much backstory. And in the book, I also found that like, did the father actually die or is he just dead to her mom? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's so many questions. <laughs> so many questions. So, yeah, there's definitely more backstory in the show and in the book. It's not really important. No, it's just like a little mention at the beginning that's kind of like now she's an orphan and then we never talk about it exactly. again ever. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, another little detail that is pretty hard not to notice if you're reading the book because it happens within the first 15 pages, honestly, and it was very startling um, as a reader. Yeah. yeah, super startling to say the least, is in the book, um, there's a scene where Jolene crawls into bed with Beth at night and inappropriately touches Beth and tries to get Beth to like inappropriately touch her back and in the book it's not like it doesn't give specific details about how the characters were feeling but we do get insight that Beth was not comfortable with this and she didn't want to do it so it definitely reads to me like Like it was forced yeah exactly yeah like it was forced for sure Um, and then it's never discussed again, like ever, like the book doesn't bring it up in any aspect. It doesn't affect Jolene and her friendship. Uh, from that moment forward, Jolene and her friendship pretty much is identical to the way it is in the show, which was so jarring because you're basically reading what honestly was sexual assault to me. Like there's no other way around it. She, uh, forced Beth to, you know, inappropriately touch her. It's just so uncomfortable. I just, uh, my jaw dropped and I was like, okay, this is definitely something we need to talk about. And I had to write that down. Yeah. And then there's moments, like we saw moments in the show um, where Jolene and Beth have like a little like back and forth kind of like sarcastic friendship. But in the book, um, Beth actually calls Jolene the N-word. It was so shocking to come across that because obviously if you've watched the show, that's not anywhere in the show and their friendship. It makes sense as to why they left it out. Yeah. I was like, what? And I kind of expected more uh, changes to happen throughout the book because of how inappropriate um, and jarring that was and just awful. Like both of those moments were super awful. I know. And the fact that they... I don't know. Like after that, I don't know if I'd be able to have a friendship. You know what I mean? No. But like, then I she was... like when she gets adopted and stuff, she's like, oh, picturing Jolene. I miss Jolene. Yeah. Like there was a there was a lot of confusion. And when I went online afterwards, obviously, because I was like, I want to read about this. There wasn't much on there about it. One article described it as mutual masturbation, which I really want to stress that I don't think it was because it was not. No, because Beth literally says she's uncomfortable with it. So it was very, very uncomfortable to read. Um, And it was even more uncomfortable that it was never discussed again. And their friendship just kind of went on. And it was like this thing that was like brushed under the rug and not talked about. And I don't know if this is because it was written by like a white older man. And this is what he perceived as normal to happen between young girls. But there was nothing normal about it. It was no. so inappropriate and I was shocked. It, like I said, never gets brought up again. So we never got to figure out what it was or how either character felt about it. And it didn't yeah. affect their friendship in any way in the book. So uh, I don't know. Like you're saying, like I understand why they left it out of the show. Yeah. And I'm so, so, so happy they left it out of the show because that yeah, honestly... I know. I mean, it was really... I just like I'm so flabbergasted by it honestly and I think it it really kind of the particularly the scene where she calls Jolene the n-word really spoke to her character like 
in the book. Like, in the book, mm-hmm. she was not nice. Yeah, she was a mean person. And in the show, she was very nice. Like, <laughs> I mean, she was sarcastic and she had an edge about her and all of those kinds mm-hmm. of things. It wasn't like she was the friendliest girl in the world. But in the yeah. book, she was very, very very harsh and mean at times and we'll go into that in more detail later but like one little scene that I want to bring up that was in the book that wasn't in the show mm-hmm. was when she steals money for her yeah. first um contest entry so to play in the chess tournament she in the in the show I'm sure we'll all remember she writes um a Mr. Scheibel a note to get some money from him like she asks him for five dollars i think because that's how much the entry fee is and he does mail it to her that happens in the book too okay there's that sweet little moment where she gets that letter but what also happens in the book is that she steals another five dollars from one of the girls at school and goes and buys herself some tranquilizer pills like (laughs) what i can't believe (laughs) yeah like beth I think maybe they were trying to emphasize her lack of guidance, maybe, because, like, she wasn't really raised at all. You know what I mean? She was very independent. I'm not saying that excuses whether or not she should know better, but... No, yeah, I think, like, that there was a lot more scenes in the book that depicted, like, a struggling um, girl trying to figure out right from wrong that didn't exactly. really have a strong moral compass, I think is probably yeah. the, yeah, way that's the best to way to put it. state it. Yeah, yeah. So there were a lot of other little detail changes. Um, another one that happened was the Borgov match in Paris, which we talked about how it was like a little flash forward um, mm-hmm. in the show. And in the book, it wasn't a flash forward. It still existed as a scene. But what was really interesting was in the book, she lost the match because she was super hungover from going out the night before with Cleo and that literally doesn't happen in the book. In the book, she um, is not hungover because she did not go on a drinking binge the night before and she just loses because she's not as good as Borgoff. And yeah, I thought that was a really interesting choice. Um, for sure, in my opinion, the show focused a lot more on her alcohol and drug addiction than the book yeah, did. I agree. Um, but I, yeah, I thought that that was really interesting for sure. Yeah, I mean, it's not that they completely omitted the whole like her getting drunk and losing a game. It's just that in the book, the scene is later on, and mm-hmm. the scene is not in the show at all, only in the book. But she is defending her title at the Kentucky champion thing. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But, yeah, she is, I think, nursing the whole fact that she lost against Borgov. And Mm -hmm. she gets really into the alcohol. And she shows up... Uh, completely forgets that she has to go to this thing and which I guess she does do that in the show but they never show her playing anybody no but they never show her playing anybody yeah that's when they show her with that really cool makeup look yeah (laughs) I love that yes I love that eyeliner so much (laughs) so in Kentucky she plays against this guy named Foster and she completely loses the title because she's so hungover and didn't have enough time to prepare herself because she forgot about it and was too busy, like, licking her wounds from yeah. losing to Borgo. Yeah, she was yeah. still, like, she still experienced that whole little, like, drunk scene that you saw in the show. That's, I think, one of the most popular scenes from the show. You always see it in, like, pictures and stuff, which is when she goes on that little binge around her house and just, like, yeah. loses control of everything. That still does happen in the book. But her struggle is not really, like, as emphasized in the book. Um, And I thought it was really interesting that it didn't happen in that Borgov match in Paris in the book because um, that totally altered 
her relationship with Benny. Like in the show, Benny is super pissed that she mm-hmm. lost that match to Borgoff, not because mm-hmm. she lost, because she wasn't good enough, but because she was like irresponsible and was drinking. He makes that comment where he's like, oh, there was rumors that you were hungover or drunk or whatever. Yeah, and like, yeah. And he's really upset about that, but in the book he's just like okay you lost like that sucks and their relationship fizzles out because Because she doesn't go back right yeah because beth doesn't go back she still goes home but she's going home kind of to lick her wounds like you were saying and go through that whole experience but it's not explicitly stated that she was drunk because she wasn't so he's not really mad about that in that moment so exactly that was really really interesting for me to see that because it's just like such a slight little change but it's like one of those if I made a different decision would my relationship be the same and yeah (laughs) if we made better choices (laughs) yeah so I thought that that was that was really really interesting yeah speaking of Benny there were some tiny details that were different about their relationship um first of all she wasn't that like smitten with Benny in the book you know like he was just kind of there and she was like sure why not (laughs) I don't know like in the show she's like so enamored with him yeah like from the beginning almost exactly yeah and then the only like real crush she had was Towns Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and I think like you told me that because I didn't I didn't even pay attention to this because I didn't (laughs) you know what I mean like yeah yeah apparently Towns was implied to be gay in yeah, the show so in the show yeah I, so when you told me that then it made sense because of his partner i thought that was just his buddy i did, did not that blow your mind I, that blew my mind <laughs> oh my gosh that's so funny yeah <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah so in the show like i'm sure we all know that there was like a little steamy moment between beth and towns when she goes to his hotel room and then that guy walks in and interrupts their moment and it's implied basically that that's his partner and honestly I didn't catch it the first time around I was just like what like Mm -hmm. what is going on and then um I took to Twitter like all good people do (laughs) (laughs) I found the answer (laughs) but yeah like you were saying yeah he um in the show was implied gay yeah but nothing yeah. really happens to him in the book. Like no, like in- he's at that match or whatever. She never sees him again, other than like the the hotel scene, right? Yeah. So the last time she sees him is still in that scene that happened in the show, which is where she gets her photo taken by him. Except nobody interrupts their moment. It's just like we don't even know really what happens. The scene just like yeah. abruptly ends in the book, and she kind of says later that like nothing happened, and I guess yeah. it's just imply that he wasn't interested in her which is weird because in the show he was so interested in her whether it was like because she was pretty and he thought she was pretty or like he liked her as a friend like you know or was just intrigued by how smart she was yeah yeah but there was definitely some like attraction even if it was platonic mm-hmm. in the show and in the book there was like none from him and he never shows up again like yeah. I mean, she thinks about him, but he never shows up. Yeah. So it's like really interesting because at the end when she's in Russia in the book, there's this little part where she's like, she tries to imagine Towns being there with her. But that's when she realizes that she actually does like Benny because she can only imagine Benny being with her in Russia. As her like support system. So totally different (laughs) from the show. And I missed Towns. He was like one of my favorite parts of the show so handsome yes (laughs) (laughs) another little difference is i don't know i forget what they're called that christian community i think they had like a generic name like congregation of jesus or something (laughs) generic (laughs) so i think they lend money or they give money to Mm. beth like four thousand dollars um, but mm-hmm. in return, she has to say some positive things about Christianity or something. Yeah, she has to say some, like, positive remarks about Christianity and against communism. Exactly. And that part was both, like, word for word again in the book and the sh- and the show. Yep. <laughs> um, but there is a little difference. There is. Um, okay, so 
in the show, from what I understand, the money was for Beth to go to Russia so she could like mm-hmm. compete and be a, a grandmaster or whatever. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And in the book, it's actually for Benny to come with her. It's so Benny can accompany yeah. her. She needs that extra money so she can have a partner or like a right hand man. And yeah, it's like for both of them. Exactly. And in the show, she ends up borrowing money for Jolene in order to actually go to Russia. Because mm-hmm. she can't attend unless she has some money. And she lost that money by returning it to the Christian community. And yeah, it doesn't happen in the book. No. Jolene does not give her any money or any of her savings. No, that does not happen at all. So that was um, also interesting to see. I also um, really, 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 really liked yeah, that was, that was being a, a badass when it came to Russian. Like, yeah. She, when she understood that when they were talking behind her back and she like said yes. something. Oh, my God. I was like, yes. When they were talking like shit about her in the elevator yes. and she like knew because she understood Russian. So that was only in the show in the book that scene doesn't happen and beth is not that great at speaking russian like she can just like read a little and speak a little and i was like no beth is a genius of course she knows how to speak russian fluently yeah exactly okay okay but really quickly because i'm not done talking about him because you all now know i really missed him was um towns because he never goes to russia at the end like i said so that was a total plot twist it's just beth by herself although that phone conversation that we all love still happens with benny and everyone on the other side of the phone um there is a couple changes in the ending that i thought were kind of interesting and i'm glad they ended it the way they did in mm-hmm. the sh- in the show i yeah, me too. didn't mind the ending in the book but i think the show had a little bit more for the ending yeah i really liked how they turned it like how they flipped it mm-hmm. i really think that was how it should have been mm-hmm. yeah but um so like to elaborate on that so there's a scene where beth goes to a park in russia like chess is really big in russia so they have parks with like chess tables and old men are sitting and playing i think this is so so cute. cute they're they're sitting there playing chess against each other and everyone recognizes her because like like i said it's a big chess like community in russia everybody knows everything about chess and so they recognize her and they're like oh my god you're beth Harmon!" and yeah i really like that that's at the actual ending of the show but in the book it actually happens during the tournament like she takes a break to clear her head or something yeah and yeah that all happens but they actually put it at the end of the show which i found interesting but i kind of like that better Yeah, I like that a lot better. The book, for those of you who are wondering, still ends with her asking to go for a walk in the park or leave the limo or whatever it is. And she does does still play um, chess with the old men in the park, but we don't have that moment of them recognizing her. It just, like, ends with her walking into the park because that moment happened earlier on. So we can assume it probably happened again. Mm -hmm. But... It was like a super heartwarming moment that I'm glad they pushed it to the last scene in the show because it was one of the sweetest moments. And like her last words are in Russian where she's just like, let's play. Yeah. And I was like, yes, that's the way to end it. Exactly. <laughs> and they do have a line like that in the book, but it's more like, would you like to play chess? Yeah. And it's not yeah. as badass. So. No, it's not. <laughs> Um, the other one little difference I noticed, uh, from the ending and also just from in general, the book from the show is that in the book, she does not rely on those little green magical pills to win. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she stops herself. In the show, she really relied on them and she needed them. In the book, she's like, no, alcohol and drugs are like not what's right for me. This isn't actually making me a better chess player. This isn't, this is clouding my brain. This is not it. And in the show, it was like the total opposite where she really relied on them to win. So Mm -hmm. I thought that that was really, really interesting that they made that choice. Again, even though these are such small differences i think they really impacted the character like for sure making her um struggle with that and have that be a bigger part of the storyline 
added more drama to the show than it was in the book. Like, yeah, I agree. So that was definitely something. Um, we already talked a little bit about characters, uh, but there were, again, a couple changes. However, we did have one big change, which we'll get into, which was a total addition of a character. But um, <laughs> <laughs> we'll, we'll start off with the little differences of the characters, mm-hmm. um, starting with Beth. <laughs> yes, she looks so different. I mean, she doesn't look different, but she's described different in the book. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, she's like this boring mousy girl with brown hair freckles across the nose wears no makeup like literally a plain jane and then i'm obviously while i'm reading this thinking of anya and how gorgeous she freaking is and i'm just like this is not adding up (laughs) no and i also was like i don't know were you surprised by the fact that she wasn't a redhead in the book yeah because that's such a distinctive characteristic right exactly exactly I was so weirded out by that. And yeah, again, like I was saying the writing style, like this author, I'm not joking, just kept saying like Beth was really ugly. She was a very yeah. ugly girl. She was I so ugly. That. And I was like, like, don't forget it. She's ugly. <laughs> I was like, first of all, rude. Second of all, can you start using some other descriptive words besides ugly? Like, what does that mean? That's yeah. that could mean anything. That's up yeah. to me to decide what ugly looks like. Like Exactly. But yeah, so it was like totally, totally different from the show where yeah, mm. she had like a little awkward stage of life, but it wasn't because she didn't have real beauty under there. It was because she was an orphan who had no yeah. access to a good haircut, okay? What was that yeah, haircut? exactly. <laughs> she didn't have any money and no guidance. Yeah, but she wasn't ugly. But then when she got all that money, oh my God, when she had money to buy all those things. I know, uh, the wardrobe could die for it. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so she wasn't that ugly in the show. Very, apparently very, very ugly in the book. Like, super ugly did i say that yeah <laughs> um but she also like i said earlier was a lot more mean but i also want to bring it up again here because there was this one part actually a few oh, times yeah. where <laughs> you got like little snippets of her inner dialogue kind of but they were written in like the weirdest ways so it would yeah. be like she's playing this chess tournament and she's thinking in her head all she wants to do is stab him and i'm like pardon (laughs) how violent (laughs) like could you imagine beth Harmon thinking that while she's playing chess like no the beth i know and love is thinking how am i gonna win this game how am i gonna prove myself how am i gonna figure out this puzzle so i was very very perplexed by the vulgarity she was so vulgar in the book even as a kid i was like Mm, I am uncomfortable with this. <laughs> yeah. You feel sorry for the girl. Yeah. And it's very jarring mm-hmm. from just like how matter of fact the story is told. And then you have these like vulgar thoughts and ideas that Beth is having as a kid. And you're just like, mm-hmm. what? Very, yeah. very different from the show for sure. Um, there also was like a couple little visual details. Like Elena and I were talking a little bit about this. Yes. It's such a small detail, but like Beltek's teeth. Beltic? I thought it was Beltic. Beltic. Okay. So yeah. We can't, yeah. I can't say any of the names. But yeah. So in the book, he never fixes his teeth for Beth. And in the show, that's like this huge part. Yeah. It's, so. There's like pure emphasis on like, I fixed my teeth for you. Yeah. <laughs> but I will say, fun fact, the car is like the exact same in the book and the show. Yeah, so if it you really liked is. his car with the flames, that existed. <laughs> Uh, But other characters look the exact same, like Benny, Mm -hmm. or I guess was described the same. (laughs) Yeah, like to a T. Yeah, Benny, in the book, they describe him as a Huckleberry Finn-looking character, and that is exactly what Benny looks like in the show. Yep, yep. yep. Now, um, additions. Mm -hmm. The only real addition was Cleo. Mm -hmm. And to be honest, I'm not quite sure why they added her i I, i'm still unsure what where did that come from why was it necessary yeah um i there was a character in the book who okay so in the show Mm -hmm. if you guys have watched it cleo comes downstairs with two boys when beth is staying at Benny's to like practice and like sharpen up her skills Mm -hmm. and cleo comes downstairs in the book, 
a girl does come downstairs as well, but her name is Jenny Baines. Mm -hmm. So I'm wondering if Cleo is actually Jenny, but we gave her a little bit of spice yeah. and a little bit more of a plot. Yeah, that's kind of exactly what I thought, honestly. Like, yeah. when I saw um, Jenny, like, being introduced there, it, it was the exact same time that Cleo was introduced in the show. So I think they just, like, swapped out Jenny for Cleo and made Cleo yeah. this, like, model who distracts um beth uh in mm -hmm. paris and maybe that was her only purpose like i don't know there's some uh rumors online or some theories that maybe she was a russian spy and that's why she was what? there yeah so there's wow. like it could be a backstory behind cleo but we never get one and she doesn't exist in the book so interesting uh Wow, yeah. a Russian spy. I mean, I could see it. I mean, to be fair, I also had no idea what Jenny's purpose was in the book. Like, she really yeah. was just there, so. <laughs> yeah, it was so weird. She she had even less of a developed character than Cleo did, so she literally was just there to be like, be nice to her, boys, and, like, watch <laughs> yeah, the test. Literally, she had one line, and then she left. <laughs> yeah, so it was very, very unusual. Um, yeah. Okay, another character that I just have to say, like, I have to talk about her because I love her so much, um, was mm -hmm. Mrs. Wheatley. She yes. was oh, just perfect. <laughs> the perfect character. Like, I'm not saying she was the greatest character or the greatest person or anything like that, but I actually think she was one of my favorite characters I've ever read or seen. Um, mm -hmm. yeah. I was so sad when she passed away in the book and the show. I saw I like I knew it was coming in the book, mm -hmm. but like I was on the edge of my seat being like, is this where she goes to find her? I know. Is this where she goes back to the room and finds her? It was so, so. <laughs> yeah. Like, oh, no, no. I was really anxious. Yeah. Because you knew that sad moment was coming and you like didn't want to yeah. have to go through it again, even though, like we said, we already watched the show like two plus yeah. times. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah. So the one difference I will say is in the show, they added this whole plot line of her, um, being really great at playing the piano and always wanting to perform but like having performance anxiety like she couldn't perform um or she couldn't play in front of large groups of people mm -hmm. that whole thing is like not in the book at all there's a mention that there's a piano in their home but she doesn't play it and that whole part is like not there so i was i really liked that they added a dream for her and also like a talent and something for her to be proud of and own for herself um in the show even though it was yeah. missing in the book i still think that the book really portrayed her well she was a great character they added that detail about her pink robe that mm -hmm. um beth wears after when she passes away and i mm -hmm. was so happy to see that again in the book because it was one of my favorite parts in the show like i'm a very little mm -hmm. detail oriented person i felt the same way with the bull of a watch yeah the watch with the engraving oh my gosh yeah yes. i'm really happy that was still in the book yeah there was so many sweet moments between them that were in the book and in in the show and i i loved mrs wheatley like she was just i don't know there's something about about her that i i loved and i yeah. loved how um in the book she was also described as like loving blue and always having like blue things and then when she passes away and beth buys new furniture she buys blue furniture as well but she says it's in beth blue That's and so i was like oh my gosh like i'm making a really sad face right now no one can see it, but <laughs> i'm just like so freaking cute and sad yeah, yeah. hands down my favorite character i really liked their relationship too mm-hmm mm-hmm mm -hmm. Uh, I don't know. He wasn't very, like, popular. I mean, he wasn't in the show for very long. But I don't know if I'm saying this correctly. Luchenko? <laughs> he was the older gentleman that kind of looked like Albert Einstein with, yeah, the, with like, the, hair. the gray skirt. I thought he was so wholesome and cute. And he, the way he, like, w even though he lost... He was, like, so, like, proud of her and was, like, you're the best player I've ever played. Yeah. And stuff like that. I don't know. I just really liked him. And in the book, we got a little bit more of him. There's, like, this after party or something. And he's just, like, shaking her hand and just, like, thanking her again. I wanted to see more of him in the show. I know. He was such a but cute he character. He such a cutie. <laughs> yeah. He's such a sweetheart. Oh, 
but yeah <laughs> oh my gosh you're right I, I wish we got a little bit more of him in the show yeah apparently he was a really talented chess player too like she looked up to him yeah and the fact what, that he was so down to earth like, yeah that. that's what made that yeah. moment so special and i think too made that mm. moment so special because like everybody had this idea in their mind in the book and the show that like russians were these like heartless people yeah, and cold. Yeah, yeah cold and they weren't gonna respect her meanwhile she got more respect in russia as a woman chess player than she did in the states as a woman mm-hmm. chess player it wasn't a big Agreed. thing that she was a woman playing chess there so she was really respected and it wasn't huge that she was young like nobody second guessed yeah. her so now casting <laughs> do we have any complaints honestly no <laughs> me neither i think everything was well done especially anya <laughs> yes Okay, like, actually, she's one of my favorite actresses now, for sure. She just has such a, like, a gravitational pull, I think, is is the best way to put it. She's a great actress. Mm -hmm. She has such a great, like, unique look that I think allowed her to really transform into Beth at so many different stages of her life. And she was a phenomenal actress, like, perfect Beth. She deserved that Golden Globe. Yeah, a hundred percent. Yeah. So, um, yep. Yeah. No, no casting complaints for me. No casting complaints for me either. <laughs> okay, I have to ask because I know there wasn't a lot, a, a lot of differences. But do you wish that um, anything that was in the book made it into the show? Okay, so I have like two things. <laughs> Okay, spill. <laughs> the first the first thing in the book that I wish was in the show, just because I would love to see it visually, is her using her winnings to go shopping mm-hmm. with Mrs. Wheatley. And she buys her first cashmere sweater. And she buys these wool knee socks and the leather loafers or whatever that all the girls at school, what is it, the apple pie club? Yeah, the apple pie that club. They, that they're wearing. And she's just like so proud that she can finally fit in in school. And I just like, I would love to see that. Yeah. Another one is in Russia. They have a, all the chess players, they have this like sit down dinner where like they're just like casually, like, I don't know. I think it was just like out of formality, just like to hang out outside of the competition. (laughs) I think it would be really cool to see them all like out of their element. And because, like, you know, like, they're so nerdy yeah. and stuff like that. Like, I just want to know, do you guys have social skills? Yeah, they all <laughs> interacted with, with each other so much more in the book than they did in the show. Yeah. So it would have been cool to exactly. see that for sure. Um, for sure. Honestly, there wasn't any moments um, that I wished were in the show from the book. However, I really did like an addition they made, which was the Gibson as Mrs. Wheatley's signature drink. They didn't have that in the book. And so when she passes away and Beth has to take that lonely plane ride home, she orders a Gibson for the first time. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting because um, in the book, she does order a Gibson, but it's not related to Mrs. Wheatley at all. So I thought it was pretty cool Mm -hmm. how like um, the showrunners and the scriptwriters were like, we're going to make this uh, part of Mrs. Wheatley's character and ha- have yeah. a little extra We're gonna have it. sentimental value. Yeah. yeah. So, and like you were saying, like with the cashmere sweater, I did, I did love all of the wardrobe details in the book. Oh my goodness. There are so many looks that I wish I yeah, could wear. Yeah, and in the show, like all of her coats, oh, I want every outfit she mm-hmm. ever wore. And the hats. Like the dress with layered with the jacket and then the matching hat. I'm just like, girl, you are so stylish. Yeah. And I wish I could like lurk your closet. Yeah, I love that. And I love the wardrobe. Like I am a big sucker for um, vintage just yeah, everything. So yeah, so I loved like I loved all the furniture. I mean, a lot of people like right now, mid-century modern furniture is really in. So that was a lot of the vibe because there's a lot of you know modern um retro furniture and when i was watching it i was like i literally want that couch i literally want that wallpaper i know and you have an apartment that's like waiting for some new furniture yeah when i watched it i was just (laughs) moving in so i literally this is i literally got a blue couch i literally got (laughs) a blue couch because of the queen's gambit okay there's the big secret reveal (laughs) 
<laughs> no, but it was it was a huge decor inspiration for me for sure. And yeah, I love seeing sure. that. Well, I think that brings us to our final question. Mm-hmm. Was the book actually better? No. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I you know what? I don't even I, feel bad yeah. though, because there were some problematic gave it away. parts in this book yeah. that I do not feel bad about not supporting. It was leading up to this. It was obvious. Yeah. yeah. Like I no. Firstly, anything with Anya Taylor Joy is gonna be incredible. Okay. So mm-hmm. <laughs> I definitely feel like I liked the way the show went a lot better than the book. The book was really dry to read. I like I said, I don't know how to play chess. So I think the book would be really, really interesting if you are very into chess because the author describes the games like move for move. The moves. Yeah. Um, like king to king, pawn, something, yeah. B3. Yeah. So yeah. It's a that lot. was super interesting. I feel like if you really know how to play chess, what is really cool about the show was you didn't need to know how to play chess in order to fall in love with the characters and fall in love with the storyline and honestly fall in love with chess like there were lots of people that watched the show and bought chess sets and learned how to play chess and are probably still playing and enjoying it that didn't happen with the book because the book wasn't it definitely normalized it and i loved that yeah so I don't know. I got to say the show is better. And I feel like this author, I I don't know, like, I don't trust him. (laughs) I don't know. I don't like, I mean, it is from the 1980s, right? Yeah. It is a little outdated. So it is going to be a little bit dry. Mm -hmm. A lot has happened since then. Yeah, for sure. But yeah, definitely the show for me as well. Yeah, I agree. So uh, there we go. We're, we are saying the show was better. (laughs) Um, again, again for the second time ah, but what the heck it was we can't lie to you we can't lie we've made a promise <laughs> not to lie so that's the truth the show was better mm-hmm. and i'm gonna go so far as to say this very controversial statement you don't need to read the book ever like i'm literally rating this book one out of five stars okay <laughs> yep you do not need to read the book if you've watched the show you've basically read the yeah. book You've read a yeah. more exciting version of the book. Yeah, for sure. I agree. That's our final thoughts. Um, but thanks for tuning in. And we will see you on our next episode where we're going to be discussing Little Women by Louisa May Alcott. Yay! I'm so excited. Me too. <laughs> it's such a good classic. Yes. Oh, my God. And the new and the new movie. Yes. Oh so we're going to be <gasps> talking about the newest movie, just so you know, because I know there's a lot of different versions out there. That's the one we're talking about. So exciting. We'll see you next time. Bye. The Books Office podcast is written and produced by Julia Morocco and Alana Batchelor. Audio production by Alex Fuchs. This has been a Blueberry production. Mmm.